A stu stu Studio D production. Jesse's keeping us on track right so now while Salem is messing with her. So her I think we should get coaster. started. Are you guys ready? I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm devolving. I'm All sorry. right, guys. I Welcome just wanna... to After Family <laughs> Storytime. I'm Jess. Excuse and today, me. No, no, the hosts no. are. <laughs> and today we She's have our host, Salem. Let's do it. What? And <laughs> Hannah. <laughs> and uh, joining us today are also Kelly and me, Jess, your interim host. And I shall pass the introductions on to Salem now that she's paying attention and looking at me. Well, I I'm, appreciate you trying to keep us on track, Jess. You, feel, are you going to redo that? I right? feel nope. Like, yes. Nope. You have to. I'm nope. talking you during like it. it. I think it's great. I can read Sit it. down, I want to tell you a story, a really weird and messed up story, with murder and ghosts and gobbly ghouls, it's all really fucked up, so don't you be fooled. You stopped it, I said it. It's effed up family story time. Hello everyone, welcome to effed up family story time. I'm Salem. And I'm Hannah. And with us today, we have Jess <laughs> and Kelly. Was that your Satan? <laughs> it was. Uh, it was a Satan. Okay, noise? I just watched Metal Lords on Netflix, oh. so it was my I'm Metal. <laughs> and oh, for yeah. those of you who can't see me, I've got the the nice little. I was gonna say we go. need a visual description <laughs> here. Tongue out, all that kind of stuff. Oh, I like it. Our listeners are gonna love that visual. <laughs> that visual. <laughs> All right. Are you heavy metal? Not really. I'm metal. I'm all about the hippie mm, today. I don't know if I'm heavy Are, metal. I think, I think you're alt metal. Um, alt metal. Like, yeah. Maybe indie metal. I'm. What's Nine Inch Nails? None of that. Bad. Electronica metal? Yeah. Electronic metal? What's Metallica? Did you just say bad? Like I'm an dead. entire, like, <laughs> Metal Lots of people would disagree. That's I know. I just wanted to see mom's reaction, and she had no reaction None. to it. She's so used to having you as a kid. <laughs> like, that's what moms develop. I don't expect you to like Nine Inch Nails. <laughs> I know, right? I, I don't mind Nine Inch Nails. I like them better than Led Zeppelin. Oh, my fucking God. Okay, I like both. And the fact that you said you like Nine Inch Nails better than Led Zeppelin. Banana. I don't like Zeppelin. There's something, I'll say it right here, right now. Oh, shit. Hot going down. Have you told your grandpa? Because he might disown you. Actually, your mom would be more likely to disown uh, yeah. you for that than you. Yeah. And again, no reaction. <laughs> I think we're setting totally the wrong vibe for the podcast today, everyone. This isn't about metal and True. harshness and like all that aggression. Like we're we're about love. Oh, we're about peace. you know what? I think I forgot about, about this harmony. thing. I have to go do. Yeah, Jess, you're gonna <laughs> love this podcast. You're gonna love this episode. I just feel Yes, it. you are. I'm just like looking at Kelly and her hands and how she's like room. she's like Oh, she's, she's feeling a, it. She's a hippie. What is the, I can't think of the word. I feel the she's energy oscillating. She's vibing. She's like oscillating in her seat. Undulating. No. Undulating. Undulating is the word, right? No, undulating would be much more aggressive Sexual. and violent. Oscillate means to go. No, oscillating means to go back and forth. Like, I'm it's, oscillating no. between opinions. If you, no, if you. Well, like an if, oscillating when fan. You, when you, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Fan. That's okay. what I'm saying. Like, I when you Jess. bounce a baby and you, like, 
You're like rocking and you go around and side to side. That's oscillating. <laughs> I love that. Like my peace and love vibe just like crashed when it's like, let's talk logical things like words and what this means. And oh, Jess is demonstrating <laughs> the, the beer bottle is the baby. And she's, and she's turning and shaking. Rocking back and forth. That's oscillating. Because it's the back and forth. That makes sense to me. Because it's oscillating means back and forth, basically, right? So, so you're rocking back and forth. Really? I had the right word, and you're still, yeah. like, trying to make no. it sound like I was wrong, no, and I'm you fixed it. Oh, my it. gosh. I'm trying to, okay, to say guys, how we... No fighting. All right, we what happened to the peace love vibe? Yeah, that's a real good question, isn't it, Jessica? <laughs> I was vibing. I was trying to say that Jessica could go to a pe- should go to a family. What are they called? A rainbow, a rainbow family. family. It's your podcast. gathering because no one would know how to respond. No, to her. they they because would have I was no. Like, I'm trying idea. to come to a compromise here, and you're so like wait, yelling wait, wait, wait. at me. And so yeah. you're not saying I should go to a rainbow family thing. For me, you're saying I should go because it would wreak havoc on the yes, other people. Exactly. I'm in. Yes. And that's why Belle wants to go too. Belle go, wants to go with the intentional. Oh, Belle and I are in, partnering like, up then. The intention of fucking with people. Yeah. So I feel oh, like this is going to work I do because that every day. I feel like Jess is just like energy wise taking the place of Belle in this podcast kind of, because yeah. we got that do, heightened do, do, level like and the constant noise making and talking yeah. and the in, talking in terms over of the context people. of the podcast I feel like it's gonna but work. But Belle does raise her hand raise your hand Jess. She raises I her hand I started the raising your hand thing so oh then do my it. god. So then do it Belle so raises her hand and then talks the whole time that her hand is raised before anyone calls on her. Also, she will see someone else's hand raised and she'll be like, squeaks something in as quickly as possible even though your hand is yeah. raised. So you're not mad at me right now, right? I'm not mad at anybody. She's mad at me because I told her to raise I'm her hand. Do you like how I'm trying to? at anyone. Do you like how I, on the other hand, am mad the people, at all of you? Everybody who asks me if I'm okay. mad at them, I will be mad at you. So maybe that'll stop you. Are you mad, Jesse? <laughs> <laughs> Like for for once, and I'm sorry to throw you two under the bus, but I feel like you're not mad at me, right? Like I feel like I'm doing okay over here. I'm not being mean at all. I feel I want to be the favorite sister. You are the favorite sister. No, I'm not. To you. No, I meant to you. To you. You like Salem more than me. You always <laughs> I have. do not. Anna, not. Am I your I favorite donut. mom? I don't <laughs> No. <laughs> I find value in each of with each of you in different situations. I don't want to go to a rainbow gathering with Salem because she'd probably just start doing drugs and I would, <laughs> she would get lost <laughs> leave you in the and dust. never come home. We would never see Salem Although, again. Although to be fair, I don't really want to go to a rainbow gathering with you because you would probably get kicked out and scare You'd people. You'd have to so be Hannah, ready to fight. Hannah is is my my chibbling and she I don't know if you want that. Favorite. I'll just disassociate as I am currently doing <laughs> drawing entire black pages. But I am going to bring it back and say now that we have aired how effed up our family really can be sometimes, but we all love each other. You're going to cut it all out. I'm going to cut some of it out. But well, anyway, but let's talk about another effed up family. 
So before we get into our story today, just to recap everyone on what we're talking about and to fill Jess in, because this is the second of a two-parter from last time, we are having a story about the Rainbow Family of Living Light, or the Rainbow Family, and their Rainbow Gatherings of the Tribe, or Rainbow Gatherings. They have long, silly names that they shorten (laughs) to shorter, silly names. (laughs) Equally Sounds silly. About right. <laughs> Pretty much just as silly. So, Jess, what do you know about the Rainbow Family? Anything? They hold these gatherings across the U.S. and they're supposed to be like this free thought, hippie, happy love. But there's also lots of violence and sneaky thieving and people come just to get a free place to stay with food and don't really feel like... And aren't really in it for the connecting to the earth and the earth mother spirit and all that hippy dippy stuff. That's a pretty good recap. How the hell do you know that much wow. about the rainbow gathering? I looked at it when we were talking about it on our messenger, guys. Yes. Oh, okay. okay, okay. I didn't know. I didn't know if you knew somebody that or like had connections do- to. Or you like went last year, maybe <laughs> just didn't tell so anybody. So I want everybody to, to, to stop. The Rainbow for, I just want everybody to stop for a minute. Would anybody imagine me at a rainbow gathering? No, not necessarily. I, I mean, like, maybe I like to imagine. I mean, it's it kind of like a, a long Ren fest, kind of. No, yeah. but it's it's a long get your shit stolen and possibly get raped, Renfest. Well, yeah. You're right. So, no, like, I didn't think that you Maybe if you been... were one of the performers who traveled across the country with the Renfest, then it'd be like Renfest. I just thought it was they, interesting you knew rules. so much if you hadn't looked it up for the story. That's all. I, I was like, oh, oh, I didn't look it up for the story. Who was it? Who sent it? Somebody sent it. Was it I, So, okay. I was in, deep in that Reddit hole that I mentioned and, in the last yeah, podcast. Yeah, and I looked at it. And yeah. I was like, have any of you ever heard of the Rainbow Gathering? Because I was like, oh my gosh, what is this craziness? And, and Jess I looked it up. So I looked at uh, it. And then okay. afterward, That's what I, I do. said, I'm going to do a podcast on the Rainbow Family. I do and the my Rainbow own Gathering. research. I, I don't just trust other people to tell me what's what guys? yeah well i that's think that's smart. awesome and you're pretty much right on track so the rainbow family is really this hippy dippy in jessica's word <laughs> um group of i'm people. sorry if i offend hippies across the world uh they're a group of people who want to uh change the world through the power of prayer and through their gathering and through their small communities so they come together in their annual gatherings and in their regional gatherings throughout the year to uh, to be together, to pray for peace, and to create community and find community within each other. And as Jessica mentioned, there are certain things that come out of it. I will say, because Jess mentioned rape, I don't have any stories or incidents of rape, and they talk a lot about their love that they like to spread being consensual. But all the other things Jessica mentioned, we're pretty much going to talk about today so let's <laughs> dive right in so i'm on diving in the, the gross stuff i like it yeah pretty much so i mentioned that i first started talking about this in the uh i first started not started talking <laughs> i first started looking into this with the reddit uh thread that came up because the rainbow gathering is coming to colorado in 2022 and so Ugh. there were a lot of things that started my like questioning of this group of people and started me wondering about you know the impacts that they they make on the community uh through the concerns that coloradans were expressing in 
uh, and them coming. And so I think the biggest thing that continues to be a concern for all local communities is the ecosystems and I and the damage to the environment and the ecosystems. And I will say this is a huge, huge concern in Colorado uh, because we have very, very sensitive ecosystems in Colorado. So I don't know how, how much people know, because this is like a, a pedestal. What, is that what you call it? Like, uh, soapbox? Soapbox that I like to get on a lot. Uh, in Colorado, um, we have very, very sensitive ecosystems, and it seems like most tourists do not understand this because they will come to Rocky Mountain National Park and they will just like wander around on our very sensitive tundra. And then Mac gets mad when I lean my yep. head out the window and I yell at them and I say, get off the Tundra, and he says, "Stop embarrassing him." <laughs> it becomes I would an think issue. Matt would be all about that. I think he's about the message, not the approach, <laughs> <laughs> which is pretty much our life. Like we totally, we totally. I want to say vibe because vibe is all about today, but we totally like align on message, but not approach. <laughs> yeah. So I think it's a really valid concern yeah. that a lot of Coloradans are expressing because people who do not do not live in Colorado and do not live up at altitude do not know. <laughs> I'm sorry, do not stop. No, not no. How dangerous it can be for our ecosystems to just like go wandering around. So I think that's really valid. Now they're not necessarily saying they're going to camp on the tundra, but you just have to think that anytime that you have people out in a wilderness area and you're creating new trails and you're you're tramping down the the grass, that that's going to have an impact. Do we have tundra? Colorado? Yes. Oh, we have a Where lot. Is- Alpine Tundra. Like, Rocky Mountain National Park is the primary. Oh, but, like, okay. any of those 14ers, above the tree line is tundra. tundra. So, any of okay. those mountains that... I think I didn't know what tundra was before, so thank you. Yeah, it's the above the tree line yeah. area where... Makes um, it's sense. just, like, the brush, and so it's we really, have a really... Lot of sen- yeah. yeah. It's really sensitive and fragile. That's why, huh. usually, when you go up there, they tell you not to leave the paths, yes. and... Because the thing what is, I a lot of people... Was- tundra was before i don't know (laughs) a lot of people think that if you step on the grass like you tramp it down but then it's just going to grow back but the reality is that the plants in the tundra they take years and years and years to grow and so if you disrupt that then you're going to have like bare patches well and you don't know what organisms microorganisms are Mm -hmm. in that tundra that you are potentially killing that is what helps the tundra grow and brings it back. So yeah. it doesn't just spring up. Yeah, exactly. Now, I will say that they're not planning to camp on the tundra. They're planning to camp within the woods at a much, much lower level. But there's a lot of erosion erosion issues mm-hmm. that have to be dealt with. There's a lot of like efforts to go into our trail management. People going off the trail can disrupt mm-hmm. ecosystems. Well, in, so that's a big yeah, issue. Colorado, Colorado is a fragile, fragile environment, really to is. be honest. We have different climates throughout the state, and a lot of things can affect those. So, but the other thing I would think of, Kelly, with them coming in is like fires and things like that. Yeah. Like what's that going to do to the air, the environment, Especially all that kind of July, stuff? Especially in July when like uh-huh. we already have so many fires that happen over right. the summer. Well, Granby was just like burnt. There is a burn area near where they're planning to go. Yeah. Yeah, so that's a lot of the concerns that a lot of Coloradans are expressing. I so, swear, uh, if the Rainbow family creates a fire, there may be an uprising in Colorado. Yeah. That goes I mean, and takes for them real, out. with the amount of people involved and vocal about what they think about it, if the Rainbow family family did something devastating, oh my God, I couldn't imagine what Colorado yeah. residents would do. 
I just I want to go through some of this because to kind of get through some of the concerns that people are saying and some of the validity of some of the concerns. So definitely damagement to damagement, damage to ecosystems, to plant life and wildfire danger are some of the biggest, biggest concerns. So when they came to Vail a number of years ago, this was like in 2000 something or, or other, there was an article that noted that the National Forest or the U.S. Forest Service had uh written 600 different citations. And for every time that they have an event anywhere in the United States, they have to have an incident management team that costs a lot of money for them to be able to come out to try and help protect some of the the systems in the environment and also be on hand for uh, like law enforcement and that mm-hmm. sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of the biggest concerns that came out of the the one that was near Vail, the article was in Vail, I can't remember exactly where it was, um, was their trenches for human and dog waste then have to had to be like cleaned and managed and made sure that that wasn't going to be something that was going to impact, like human mm-hmm. feces can really impact the environment. Uh, and so they say that they have a cleanup crew that sticks around and what they try and do is like, you know, fill in any holes that were dug for various purposes. And like they try to rearrange logs and stuff to prevent any like road access in the future, or people driving in in the future. And they try and set up the environment to be able to be rehabilitated. They actually do have people that come back and like even check up on that in months forward. But they have for like multiple times been there have been complaints about garbage being left behind and about some of the U.S. Forest Service having to be the ones who come in and clean up mm-hmm. after the fact. So definitely a concern. This in this um, Vail article, they mentioned that 75 or more people were treated at the local hospital. There were 20 different arrests and they had to have $800 for vaccines for animals because some nasty like poop virus was going around all the dogs. Mm. They had to pay for the incident management team. And then after the fact, they were having to clean up garbage and they were worried about abandoned animals that had been left behind. So that's the sort of vibe but who even like pays for it maybe i missed the u.s forest service no i mean like for this gathering like so they pay for it themselves but they don't pay for any permit and they do a lot of the cleanup themselves but the impacts on the local uh community and the impacts on like local law enforcement is all paid for by the local community and i have some statistics about that well i guess i just mean like who is this they who organizes it where are they did i miss all this in the first okay i'll pretend i know everything then they, no, that's fine. We can from, recap a no, little. No, 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 no. They good. don't have any organizational structure. They are a leadership-less, uh, leadership-less, quote-unquote organization. They describe themselves as the largest non, what is it like, non-political, non-organization in the world. So nobody's non-denominational, yeah. non. So nobody is holding the reins, which means the horse just goes wherever it wants to. Yes. Okay. The other thing that adds a lot of strain to the U.S. Forest Service is that they don't make their decision of where they're going to be each year until very shortly before the uh, gathering. And so the U.S. Forest Service has to kind of on the fly be prepared to support. So this year they know that they're going to be in Colorado. Everyone's talking about it, but they don't know specifically where. And that won't be announced until after some of their spring councils or the spring council or whatever in June. I mean, that just seems hard for travel for everybody involved, though. Like, what if I live in... Maine and I want to come to this one now. I got. Then you're planning out. to go, and you would just. They might like generally let you know of a general area or a region, and you would find out a few weeks before, and then you would start your journey. That's crazy. Yeah. So I can't handle that. 
Um, <laughs> in 2013, the cleanup from the Montana site uh, was a little bit of an issue. So they showed significant signs of compaction. They hoped it would be rehabilitated <sighs> over a period of years, but that's a period of years. Mm-hmm. What does compaction mean? What like the the significant signs of compaction. Um, like plant life and everything being kind of like compacted down. Oh, so like so you stuff would see was like smushed. Mm-hmm. stuff okay. was smushed. That's exactly it. Stuff like when smushed. you go to Fiddler's <laughs> Green right after a big festival yeah. and all the grass is smushed down. Yeah. Okay. So the U.S. Forest Service does not set aside any money to pay for cleanup because the Rainbow Family says that they will do cleanup. So the Rainbow Family will come in and they will, like you know, like I said, fill in holes and like move logs around and try and protect for erosion. But long term things are still going to have to be dealt with by the Rainbow or by the U.S. Forest Service. Like they're going to have to close off areas to campers. They're going to have to check back on erosion. They're going to have to do trail maintenance. But for the most part, they say that the Rainbow Family covers initial cleanup. Cleanup. However, the U.S. Forest U.S. Forest Service sets aside four hundred thousand dollars for law enforcement every single year, like countrywide. Yes, okay. for for this purpose. Excuse me, for wherever this this gathering oh, is going to oh, be. just for this. They're setting aside four hundred thousand dollars to be able to respond for law okay. enforcement and like park oh. rangers to be on hand when you to f- manage this situation. When so you, even though they don't have to pay for cleanup, they are mm-hmm. paying four hundred thousand dollars. Like when you first said that, I thought you meant like. For the year, across for any gatherings no. nationwide, this is four hundred thousand just for Rainbow family. That's what they have said. Also, in the Montana 2013 um, gathering, they said that it actually cost them $573,000 oh that year. They said part of the reason was there were 850 incident reports. Uh, and wow. 405 of them were incident reports just for not following the already agreed upon plan. So, like, they'd already met with focalizers from the Rainbow family who, and they'd come to an agreement, and then 405 citations were given out or incidents, I guess, happened because they weren't following that plan. In that same year, there were unpaid medical bills at Barrett Hospital that totaled $175,000 dollars. Because how many of the people who went wow. there didn't even live in Colorado, right. right? So these are people who just went to the hospital, never paid their bills, and never, you know, had to follow up on it. Now, granted, our American public or American health system is a mess. People shouldn't have to pay I mean, for health care, but just wait they seven do. years and it falls off your credit. Just well, yeah, for them it was no issue. So <laughs> then the hospital was left with one hundred seventy-five thousand dollars of costs mm. that were not recuperated. In that year, the county had to enact an emergency mill levy that cost taxpayers about $26,000 in order to pay for overtime for various staff people, for law enforcement, and for managing the solid waste. Ew. So they did say that after the fact, there were not a ton of incidents. They felt like things kind of went okay, and that it did have a positive economic impact from the perspective of, like, money spent at gas stores and grocery stores and restaurants. But overall, that is a huge cost from the cleanup of one um, Yeah. In other years, there have been other damage to, to areas. One year, 1987, they had an outbreak of bloody diarrhea. So one can anticipate that Ew. that was a major issue. 
Um, and then they they uh, they really like take from the resources of the land. So they even said in Montana in 2013 they were reusing a site they had used previously, and the site had plenty of wood and resources to use again. And this is part of their justification to come back to the same Colorado site because this that site had enough parking, and because it's the 50th anniversary, they want there to be lots of parking, lots of space, and they say the land will have have rejuvenated itself and will be ready for us to take the resources again. But also in Colorado we are not supposed to take like wood from different places and just yeah. burn it. We are not supposed to just live off of the land. Um, but they're saying that that's what they're going to do. Just because a place has resources doesn't mean you should use those resources and that that's in the best interests of yeah. the ecology ecosystem. Yeah. And like eventually will it all recover? Yeah. So eventually is it that big of a deal? Maybe not, but that's some of the concerns that people have, not well, to mention the, f- the wildfires that you already mentioned that I can tell, share some info on. Yeah, the fact that they don't, um, they won't get a permit so that they don't have to pay anything. Like Burning Man has to pay huge fees to be able to have its celebration. And I'm sure Coachella also has to have pay huge fees to have its, and then those fees help to go for cleanup and restoration and all of that. And so they just move in and oh, look, there's resources here. So they must be here for us to take, and we don't have to give anything in return. Like I said last episode, that's colonist behavior right there. It really (laughs) is. Or colonizer behavior. They should name their bus the Mayflower. Transport some. And just the cost of the people involved. Like the rangers have to be there to help respond for law enforcement purposes and to help them in different situations. And they have to be paid. Someone's paying their overtime. Right. Someone's paying for them to be there. And those rangers would have been performing other duties somewhere else. That So it's now adding extra work for the rangers. They're having to work more hours, more shifts, because somebody has to still do what that ranger did before he got called to exactly. be at Rainbow Family. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. So it's a huge strain. Not to mention the loss, like the opportunity cost from other people no longer wanting to come to the area while they are there. Other people not being able to come. They've had to close mm-hmm. campgrounds or close access for other people to the area, um, which, you know, sometimes that's a revenue, you know, opportunity, but sometimes it's not. But still, it's it's potential opportunity cost. That's crazy to me that they would close campsites down for these people who aren't even fucking paying for a permit. But and it, like cut down this revenue source that like people who do pay for permits to be on that. Well, land. and you have like, to book a campground now, like six months, months in advance or more in advance. Yeah. And part of that is when it has happened, which they try to go into like super secluded areas. So like the normal campgrounds may not necessarily be closed down, but they're trying to limit access to certain areas partially because of a safety issue. Like they're also trying Mm -hmm. to control how many people are coming in and control the experience of other people going into the woods to have their, their own, you know, adventures or whatever. Well, and how would you feel if you booked your campsite in a remote, more remote campground uh, like fucking a year in advance because you knew they were hard to get. You pay your exorbitant amount of money. It's not even worth it. So you can reserve your fucking spot. And then you find out you've got the fucking rainbow family just up the hill from you on, you know, off the campsite or whatever. 
I don't know. That would make, you know, that yeah. would, you're not as safe. People go, I, I'm sorry. There are sketchy people there who go in and yeah. rob well, campsites. And, and I mean, some of the stuff I read were like people who didn't necessarily believe in the Rainbow Family stuff were coming there because it was a warm place to sleep yeah. and they could get food and they could get yep. X. And yeah, they weren't absolutely. necessarily good people. Yeah. So the values have like spread because there's a lot of people who are not necessarily there just for the same reasons. And so there's some sketch people for sure. Okay. I don't know. I just, I would just be kind of pissed off if I went through all of those steps to reserve my campsite. And then I'm like, Oh, look at all these sketchy druggies that are sleeping down the street. It reminds me of that episode of King of the Hill where Hank goes to take Bobby camping, but then there's like a group of hippies at the campsite. Yeah. Uh-huh. He gets all mad. Yeah. Which that's a little different, though, because the group of hippies, like, got Well, but themselves- they were all, like, I don't know. They were, like, a caricature of, like, the lazy mm-hmm. hippie. But, like, yeah. we were kind of talking about before, like, it seems like some of these yeah. Rainbow Family people are that lazy caricature. Like, they're just... Like they're, they're not doing any paying. action. They're yeah. not even paying. They didn't even bother to reserve. Yeah. Like I had to go a year in advance to reserve my campsite and pay this money, and they're not even paying. And they're this is one thing you've got your yeah. shady camper next to you in the campsite who yeah. also purchased their little plot but. or signed their permit. Maybe it's free, but they did their permit. They have they permission. But, but they're, they're not following even regs. They're not supposed think, to be there. And I don't know how many, like, how much revenue is lost from this because we might be talking, like, I don't know how many campgrounds they, they cancel. And I don't know how many permits, like, actually cost money. But it's also just, like, you're impacting other people. So if it's not even the money, it's like you're impacting other people. Tourists who go into Granby this summer are going to see people and be like, what the heck, and get the hell out of Dodge. Or maybe they're going to have, they're not going to come because of this. So it's just, it's both impacting other people and possible revenue loss. Well, and anytime you get a large gathering of people, especially for multiple days, it's easy for the less savory of our society to infiltrate and take advantage of that. I mean, if you think about think about going to even just Renfest or going to Las Vegas, how careful you are of your things and your stuff because there's so many people. And now we're talking about days where these people can infiltrate and move like, you know, miles away from where they were at first because it's so huge and continue to take advantage of these people who are here for the values that the rainbow family set, right? right? Like these people who don't give two shits can infiltrate and they do. That's what people yeah. like that do. You yeah. know what I mean? And there are stories about that sort of stuff too. So yeah, without a doubt. That's the why other- I won't go. That's all I was saying. That's why <laughs> I won't go. There, yeah. The other piece that we mentioned, um, you know, because really talking about the ecological, environmental, uh, outdoorsy impact, the other piece is the fires. A lot of people are extremely concerned about wildfire fire danger in Colorado right now. Um, we are a very dry climate and we've had a lot of fires recently and we have a lot of higher temperatures for, you know, we won't even get into all of that climate stuff. But the fact of the matter is we have been devastated by fires recently. I will say that they have their own fire regulations. They like to act like their own fire regulations are stronger than the national ones or the or the regional ones or whatever. But they also follow regional bans. So like when they were in New Mexico, they had fire bans. However, sometimes we don't have bans in areas and there can still be, you know, unsafe use. They do have like a patrol that goes around and like looks for fire issues. 
but it's a hell of a lot of people. And like we've said, not all of these people are the perfect, ideal, rainbow person. Mm -hmm. Some of them are the more on the fringe type people that may not follow the regs. And they do have a lot of their videos show like fire dancers. And maybe they were not in areas, surely not with a fire ban. And maybe it wasn't as dangerous, but it doesn't take much. Like, you know, everyone's smoking weed. So the, the ash or the spark off of a joint yeah. can start a wildfire in Colorado. We had a lot of people still smoke I mean, cigarettes. cigarettes. We had a wildfire in January this yeah. year. Right. Like I mean, on in the front range. Like exactly. on the plains. And so even like target. being as safe as you can be, like the chances of a wildfire happening in Colorado in yeah. the fucking middle of summer. Huge. 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 Well, and, like, yeah. and that's the thing that the one in January... Like, all it takes is the wind to go the right way or, like, you know. And that's the thing is we have quite a bit of wind here in Colorado that can be gusty and unpredictable and come up quickly. And people may not be aware of that also. I don't know. It makes me nervous. I mean, a fucking lady burnt down a whole goddamn mountain because she lit a letter on fire. You know yeah. what I mean? Well, and, and there was wildfires in California because of the stupid gender reveal yeah. things because we're mm-hmm. obsessing over genders of infants. But it, it but it well, sparked enough. I mean, it doesn't take much. It really no. doesn't. No. And to look at that fire we had in January for me, like looking at how close it got yeah. to like just not even like I never made it to even pre-evacuation, but it if if it had moved towards my house even another mile, I would have been in pre-evacuation zone with where it was yeah. at. And, and like, like I I was at Ellen's when that happened. So right, like right which down is the street like from you. So we were both me. like almost in pre-evacuation which is so we unheard are impacted, of in the middle of this fucking and city so, like i went out and got a fire safe i'd never done that before and i was like what if my house catches fire yeah like, so even like a fire in granby if there were to be a fire up in granby it could still affect like not only would it affect the ecosystem and the people who live up there but it could affect like the major metropolitan area yeah well I mean, and it yeah. could be it could be i mean like let's just like think about the nightmare if someone were to start a fire People would die if it was a fast-moving fire. And yeah, they would be rainbow people, but it's human life. Like, we care about that still. People would die. Houses could burn. It could impact the town. It would impact the local um, community and economy as they were trying to recover from it. Like, it could just be really devastating just so you can dance naked in the woods. And you can do that by yourself. You can. Without a festival. (laughs) smaller (laughs) gatherings with signed permits. Exactly. You're allowed to go and be naked. Go to Burning Man. If you really just want to run through the woods naked, chances of somebody catching you are slim, so just go for it. See what happens. (laughs) So I have three additional things I want to talk about before we take our break um, of other like impacts that have been... um, Pretty negative impacts. Uh, One thing I want to talk about is the A camp. So I mentioned in the last episode that they are pretty against alcohol and the use of alcohol, but they can't really prevent it from happening. They can kind of like discourage its use, but they can't kick anyone out because of it because that would go against their beliefs of welcoming all and being being tolerant of everything. Mm -hmm. So they have this thing that's called A camp. And A camp is near the front gates. This is how the guy on Reddit described it. 
A camp is where all the drunks, degenerates, and assholes are segregated. A camp is set near the entrance of the gathering, so it scares off the yuppies. It's very effective as the touristy crowd, yuppies, and media generally get terrified and never get past A camp. So, like, they're talking about this. They're saying, like, we don't agree with that. So we'll let them in, put them all in one space where they can get, like, crazy together, and then we'll let them be a a deterrent to anyone else coming in. We'll use them. So yuppies, yes. no yuppies go to any sporting event whatsoever where people are drunk and rowdy and crazy is the first thing I'm hearing. Two, I'm a little offended because I can be crazy and obnoxious and wreak havoc without having any alcohol. Like, I don't but that need wouldn't to be align with their vibe. The, so you would have to go to a camp because that's where the degenerates like, sober, and assholes go. Sober in a camp? Probably. I don't know. I mean, if I went to a camp, I wouldn't be sober after I got there, but. <laughs> so they basically, and they do have a lot of drifters and vagrants, they say, who have become attached to the to the gatherings in order to engage in harder drugs and engage in alcohol and kind of get in that that opposite from the Rainbow Family vibe that they're going for. So they just put them metal. all in A camp. It's a little more metal. A camp's a little more metal. But it's just, it's just, again, like everything is filled with juxtapositions and contradictions. Like you're saying you welcome everyone, but then you segregate them. Yeah. You're saying you don't approve of their, their choice of having alcohol, but then you say you'll use it in order to scare other people away. Like it's just, it doesn't make mm. sense. And also, why would you want to scare those people away if you're accepting of everyone? Exactly. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But you only want to scare away the yuppies and media and. Right. Like what is, what other is people. I would love so to So people hear... that you have determined are not welcome. Yeah. Well, and I but would, everyone is welcome. I would <laughs> love to hear their description of what they think a yuppie is, too. Yeah, like, I what is know. this yuppie they're scaring away? Yeah. You, you I think also, they put the racists in a camp, or are they oh, allowed to I free don't know. roam? I don't know. I they mean, did say they won't stop them from coming. I mean, how, how uh, yeah, that's a good point. How how racially open-minded is the rainbow Well, because in the family. previous episode, they, they pointed out that, like, what was it? That everyone can, like, say something about anything they want but like if you say something about racism like they don't condone it but you're allowed to stay yeah like you're allowed to essentially say whatever racist shit you want anybody can be whoever they want to be regardless of how it affects anybody yeah Yeah. they said like we don't really like this because it contradicts our our ideals however it does not preclude participation however i r d i our (laughs) however people are still accepted as full participants or at least tolerated (laughs) It basically says, however, our ideal doesn't include this, but we can't say no. Yes, yeah. because exactly. we, our ideal so doesn't allow us to say no, even though we don't like what you're doing. Yeah, it's a mess of contradictions. But let's talk or, about racism. Well, the other thing I wanted to say was I love your use of of intellectual words like juxtaposition. I really appreciate that, Kelly. Thanks. <laughs> I was not sarcastic. I, know. I, I didn't oh, take it. Your eyes felt like. You thought no. I was sarcastic. <laughs> no, I'm pretty smart. But I think it's pretty cool so people know we're not just drunk idiots. We're drunk, smart people. I'm not drunk. We're buzzed, smart I'm people. I'm pretty smart. Okay. <clears throat> I don't know what y'all are doing over there, but let's talk about <laughs> racism. Aww. Racism. Racism. Yeah. Dude. So, 
it's not really blatant racism, but it is definitely important that we acknowledge that this is not a safe space for people of color. Like it is just really there are a few people of color who have participated, but it is overwhelmingly white. And I think that they are not I don't want to say that it's dangerous physically because they would they you know, their ideals would not harm someone. But I don't know that it's an emotionally safe space for people of color because I don't know that anyone is acknowledging their privilege as a white person. Um, and the big piece of where the racism comes up is the extreme cultural appropriation of Native American mm-hmm. um, folklore and um, traditions. Yeah. So they have a million teepees no. that they live in. Yeah. Um, and of course, the like the biggest piece of I mean, and they have other like like the drum circles and like um, even just a lot of the. I guarantee at least five of those fucking white chicks are wearing headdresses. Uh, I don't know that there are headdresses, <laughs> but I mean, one could say like the locks that they have, like the uh, previously called dreadlocks. We don't call them dreadlocks anymore no. because of the word dread. But like oh, locks. We don't. I miss this. Yes. I need to learn after. We That'll don't. be a break conversation. Yeah. <laughs> um, but the locks that, that white people wear when that is traditionally a, a, a hairstyle because people of color do not have the same oper- like same options to do hairstyles that fit within our societal norms. So they have developed their own hairstyles. And it's and, a protective hairstyle on people of color, but mm-hmm. white people hair is often very thin and fine. Yes. And so it is yeah, a damaging exactly. hairstyle yeah. on white right. hair. <laughs> So it's just the use of particular styles that um, were created for reasons that are associated with the like lack of privilege of certain groups of people. And then they're taken up by people who are privileged and used as a style mechanism without any recognition on how these styles were created because of this culture, because of of their their lack of opportunity to um, take advantage of many of the things in our society. So they create their own, their own methods and then it's appropriated by white people to just because they want to look cool and because they want it as a part of their style. So that's the idea. The other thing I will say about locks though, is that these people are dirty, like no offense, but sometimes locks form naturally. And so I do think that there is a little bit of a dual forming of locks. Well, and the difference, cause like fine hair, like a lot of white people have can form mat locks, mm-hmm. which is where the hair itself actually mats. And yeah. like, those are the quote unquote, like dirtier type yeah. of locks. Yeah. But like when you have really thick, coarse, curly hair, like you often see on people of color, like that, it twists around itself. You're still able to wash it. You're still able yeah. to like properly care for the hair. So it's not as dirty. dirty. And, <laughs> and that's also the thing, like, Locks on people of color are often associated to be dirty. And like when yeah, white people have totally. locks, it's never that association. Even though as most such. of these people's like locks their locks are, are dirty. because they're dirty. Yeah. They're dirty. <laughs> and the bigger issue with appropriation is frankly not these people who are dirty living in the woods and they kind of have locks form. It's the people who go to a hairstylist who say, please make me have locks. And I walk in with straight hair and I walk out with locks so that they can try and appropriate this this look. So, I mean, so this is an appropriation issue, but it's probably not the biggest appropriation issue. People are dirty. They have matted locks. They have locks that are formed naturally. It's a part of their culture. They are adopting a whole bunch of like Indian garb. And and some might say that's a part of their religion that they're adopting if they are like Hare Krishna. Uh, and so like there are pieces of that. But the bigger issue is that this entire family's like built upon these fake 
Native American folklore. Mm-hmm. Love that. <laughs> um, and so let's let's talk about that really quickly. So a lot of people say that the Rainbow Family is the fulfillment of this ancient Native American prophecy, no. most attributed to the Hopi tribe. They say that it's the legend of Rainbow Warriors. However, um, which I gave that quote in that last episode, it basically just says that it's the return of the rainbow warriors who are going to take care of the world and the earth or whatever. However, a Hopi representative said that this is not a Hopi prophecy. And the Hopi people really wish they would stop using the legend (laughs) as a part of their their culture. This legend was actually invented by two non-native evangelical Christians who were trying to use this legend to try and ensure people that this is about the second coming of Christ. And that is why you need to convert to Christianity. It was a story created to try to get Native Americans to assimilate, essentially. Yes. Oh, yeah. So it's so so disgusting. So many ways. So disgusting. So this can actually be viewed as an attack on Native culture Uh and an attempt to evangelize within the Native American community. So it's really, really gross. Especially Mm -hmm. with the history of just Native Americans and Christianity in general and the fact that there were residential schools until the 70s when this fucking first happened. Yeah. Yeah. Like there were still residential schools in America at the time that the first Rainbow Family meeting occurred. But they're just adopting the the Native American culture just like the Native American peoples and they're accepting of everyone. So some academics and writers from who were Natives... um, said specifically about Rainbow Family in 2015 that it was appropriating and practicing faux Native ceremonies and beliefs. These actions, although rainbows may not realize, dehumanize us as an indigenous Uh nation because they imply our culture and humanity like our land is anyone's for the taking. So that's the biggest issue, is that their entire belief, their entire family is built upon these completely fake Native American prophecies that are essentially stealing elements of Native American culture and shaping them to be whatever they want them to be for their message and their system. Much bigger than whatever they choose to do with their hair or what clothes they choose to put on on themselves or even the drum circles where they're drumming and they're dancing and even the teepees that are gross, but they've been used in various ways over the years. It's to the whole foundation of the system. The yeah. the drum circles I don't mind because if you look across history throughout all different cultures, they've had some sort of drum type element, right? Like Celtic, um, even uh Hindu religions, like they've had these different elements. African uh, tribes. Yes, African tribes. So that doesn't bother me so much well, because as as they you call can... it a drum circle and not a powwow. Exactly. <laughs> like well, and they do it's fine. Do, do they call it a powwow? No, not oh, in this good. case. I thought I couldn't hate them more. <laughs> Sorry, as a as a studier of Native American historical and ancient cultures, it just grosses me out. Like you don't have any right to participate in any sort of Native American ritual or practice if you are not from that descent or if you are not welcomed in by that tribe, so to speak, right? By that nation that you know whatever it is to participate then you have no right to it you know what well, i mean like it's it's yeah. for me it's so unfair that like i have mm-hmm. native family and i have native ancestry like how much is debatable but like <laughs> i have never felt comfortable experiencing that culture as a white person and it's really unfair to me that like i do have somewhat of a connection to it 
And all of these people who arguably have no connection to it are Mm -hmm. stealing from this culture that I don't even feel comfortable connecting to. Well, and the sad thing is, Hannah, from your side, is that if you went to your ancestors, to the, you know, current um, living ancestors of your, you know, that you're descended from and talked to them and told them who you were... I feel very confident they would welcome you in and make you part of their family, their extended Native American family. I don't know which uh, group you're descended from, so I can't say. But but do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Like that's the thing. If you make an effort to to talk to them and to let them teach you and to let them bring you into it, they. Most groups love to share their heritage with anybody who wants to hear about it. It's just when you decide that you think you already know. Or that you have, like, the right to take it and teach yourself. Exactly. Teach yourself or other people a part, like, of history and a culture and a heritage that you were never a part of to begin with. Exactly. Yeah, it's pretty gross. (laughs) I said I had three things to talk about, but I'm just going to go with two. Let's take a break. All right. You know, what's... break time. All right. Well, we're back from break. Yay. Hannah's colored an entire piece of paper on a notepad, completely black. That's yep. how long we've been here. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds about right. Sounds about right. All right. Well, do we want to jump right back in? Yeah, so we've talked about some of the more messed up elements of the rainbow gatherings, mostly their impacts on other people around them and the environment and all of that. But now we're going to talk about some of the really nasty, yucky things that have happened at or around rainbow gatherings, including murder. Murder. (laughs) We did it together, but differently. So it's not great. (laughs) Um, there are lots and lots of nasty things that happen but one of the most famous were the murders that are coined the rainbow murders that took place in 1980 so the rainbow gathering started in 1972 so this was uh, eight years into it they um, had done a lot of more like western rainbow gatherings uh, but this time they were going into West Virginia, so into the south, more in the east, into areas that may not have as many of the same hippy-dippy ideals. I'm just going to keep using hippy-dippy. Mm-hmm. Like yes. that part of Virginia? Yep. Okay. Well, I don't know if it was that part of Virginia. <laughs> I have no idea. Or West Virginia. But it was the state of West Virginia. Uh, so there were two girls, Vicky Durian, who was 26 years old, so I should say women, and Nancy Santamero, who was 19 years old, who were hi- hitchhiking from Iowa to West Virginia in the summer of 1980 to attend the Rainbow Gathering in West Virginia. Uh, a lot of people hitchhiked. Like, that was how most people got around. Because if you don't have jobs and you don't contribute to society, then you don't have cars. And so a lot of people hitchhiked to get places or they like would do like a ride share thing or they would get connected with other people and they would find ways to get uh, into the, to the gathering. But these two ladies who were hitchhiking um, did not make it to the gathering. They were found dead on June 25th in West Virginia. So they'd made it from Iowa to West Virginia, but hadn't gotten all the way into the gathering site. 
so this year leading up to the gathering, there were some concerns just about a clash between the Rainbow People and like the coal miners or some of the other locals in West Virginia. Just very different ideals. So um, because these people weren't actually even at the Rainbow Gathering, there's some speculation about it actually being related more to like the locals or some sort of clash there in terms of the the cause of death. But these women were shot at close range. Neither was sexually assaulted. Um, and so because of the gun element, it's pretty unlikely that a rainbow person would have been involved. But somewhat more likely that a West Virginian local would have been involved. There were even some locals who made comments about how it's not uncommon for disputes to be settled with guns. Um, and there was definitely some dissent and, and um, discomfort with the Rainbow Gathering being held in this place. Yeah. Okay. However, both Rainbow people and locals were suspected officially and you know informally and unofficially. That happened in the summer of 1980. In the summer of 1982, Jacob Beard, who was a local farmer, he called one of the girl's parents directly. He was a local farmer in West Virginia. He called one of the girl's parents back in Iowa, not Ohio, oh, Iowa, oh, Iowa. Um, And he was saying he was just calling to express his sympathy. And he was telling them that, like, oh, you should really get the FBI involved. And and he said he just saw the anniversary episode or anniversary, like, news report, not episode, and was, like, sad and wanted to call to express his sympathy. But it's a little weird. So (laughs) investigators started to think that he was involved. Nothing really happened for another nearly 10 years. But eventually, through other conversations and other information they got, they were able to indict Beard and I think it was like five or six other local people in 1992. However, all charges except for those against Beard were dropped. So the other locals' charges were dropped, but he was still charged. Around this time, Joseph Paul Franklin, anyone know that name? Mm Mm-mm. So he is a serial killer who was convicted of killing uh, the Hustler guy, magazine guy. Oh. So, Larry Bird? Yeah, something like that. No, Larry Bird was a basketball player. Larry oh, Flint. Larry, yeah, I think that's right. I think that's okay. right. The guy that, what's that? Uh, oh my God, I just forgot. Woody Harrelson yes. played in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> yes, the people versus Larry Flint. Yes. We figured it out. Good job. <laughs> So his him, Joseph Paul Franklin, he actually claimed he murdered the girls, but then later denied involvement and was just, I don't know, being a douchey serial killer and thinking he was funny. So Beard was actually convicted. The Beard was the original guy who was charged in 1992. He was convicted in 1993. However, through appeals, he got a new trial in 1999 and was acquitted in 2000. Um, so basically, he was weird and like calling the family is weird, but he didn't actually kill the girls okay, or the ladies. He actually later got a $2 million settlement in a wrongful conviction lawsuit. So this is still an unsolved case at this point in time. This is the sort of thing that is often like brought up and reflects negatively on the Rainbow family. It, it shouldn't in many ways, but again, there's some responsibility they hold in other ways. I mean, it's most likely not anyone in the Rainbow family who had anything to do with it. However, you have to think about how clashes with local communities when you're choosing to have these giant gatherings of thousands of people, how that might result in some people being harmed. 
But that's a little more in the gray area. They didn't like do anything wrong. It was most likely a local person who uh, reacted and shot and killed these girls. And in the end, it really kind of messed up the local community way more than the Rainbow family. Like the the sheriff was like all upset about like feeling like he needed to root out this evil in his community because this isn't who we are. And like it just messed people up. People were traumatized. Like a person recently wrote a book all about it because she lived in the area and she had all these memories about it. Like it just it more messed up the local community. Like they had to solve these murders and the Rainbow family still went into the woods and maybe they prayed for the girls, but then they went about their lives and, and then yeah. went on to the next one and didn't really impact them in the same way that it impacted this local community. So that's an important thing to note. Yeah. So that was murder one. Murder one. There were other <laughs> murders, but a lot of these are not murders. And in fact, this next one that I want to mention is not a murder and it's a little even grosser. Oh. Ah. So Jose, Ew. Jose Antonio Ramos. <laughs> I can't think of a lot of things. I can't think of a lot of things that are grosser than murder. So my sorry, Child I just had molestation. I just stop. <gasps> yep, that's it. That's the one that's grosser than murder. It is. I found You're it. Right. Correct. Sorry, you did. So Jose Antonio Ramos was a child molester who actually molested an eight-year-old boy at a rainbow gathering. It was another rainbow brother. They call each other brother and sister. I don't know if I said that, but it was another rainbow brother. Jesse just says, who brings their kid? We had that moment in the last episode when Kelly read this. Was it like a poem or? Yeah, something. It was like a thing from one of their invites. One of their invites where it talked about parades of children. Oh, yeah. Tons of kids there because this is their community. This is their home. This is their, they're creating this, this super cool vibey cool scene it sounds more like uh, i'm gonna pretend everybody's cool so i don't have to pay attention to the world around me and nobody's gonna hurt anybody or anything i and i can just ignore it all and if somebody does hurt it then oh bad on them but not my fault for not paying attention yep i would like to know how many of those children are still in the rainbow family i actually think yeah i actually think it would be extremely interesting to do like a Uh to like dig deep but i didn't really because like a lot of children who were in cults leave cults Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah like for real they do have a rainbow guide that you can elect to be a part of which is basically like an old school like put your name in the guide and they'll send a mailing out every year so maybe we could find one of those but but you mean mailing list yeah, but it was it's like, no, it's like a guide that lists everyone. No, but the way, I'm sorry, the way you said it was like an old school, like, put your name down and we'll email yeah, mail no, you stuff. No, like but I mean, old... like, back in the day when you used to be able to get, like, like the original term for what a Facebook was in colleges, where it was, like, literally like a book of everyone's name and contact. Inf- a directory, like a phone book. But regardless of all of that, the Barry Adams... Which you may remember is the same name of the founder guy, Barry Plunker Adams. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. It doesn't say this is the same guy, but I'm going to assume it's the same guy. It's actually Barry Adams who helped prosecution to be able to convict Jose Antonio Ramos of the child molestation of an eight-year-old boy at a rainbow gathering. Oh. Um, they called him just like a rainbow elder, and so I'm assuming it's the same guy. Obviously, child molestation is not a part of these people's like ideals and, and philosophies, and they were not okay with it. They cooperated with prosecution, so I don't want to pretend for a second that they're okay with this or okay with the murders of those those women. But this environment that they were in allowed Jose Antonio Ramos to molest an eight year old boy. 
It's a consequence of the situation. It's a symptom of yes. the situation. Yeah. I think so. And I think it's important for them to recognize their impact in that way. Um, the interesting thing about Jose Antonio Ramos is that he actually was a suspect in the death of Eaton Pats. Does anyone remember the name Eaton Pats? Sounds, sounds familiar. familiar. Yeah. He was a six-year-old boy who went missing in New York in 1979. And he... Um, was the one who launched the missing children movement. He was the first child to ever have a photo appear on a milk carton. Okay. And so this man, Ramos, was a suspect in his murder. Uh, Another man eventually was convicted of Pat's murder. However, interestingly, Ramos reportedly confessed in prison to molesting Pat's and other boys in New York City around the time. So this was an ongoing child molester. So certainly the Rainbow family do not want to be associated with this guy. They did not want him to get out of prison. They did not want him to return to being able to harm children. And he may have been one of those nefarious characters that we had talked about that saw an opportunity because of Mm -hmm. the situation to infiltrate himself in as this um like yeah. rainbow so that he could and maybe i mean i don't know this is speculation but maybe he even justified his actions because you know free love and the free hugs thing and like i mean i don't know i don't it's all speculation free naked hugs man if yeah. you're if you're free a naked file that's great yeah so that's definitely very, very yucky. And you do wonder just about the well-being of children in, in these spaces. Now, I don't have a lot of like data and information to kind of back up any claims that they are not safe in those spaces other than this one child. But it's just, you know, you wonder about the safety of children in places where there are drugs and there are, you know. Well, are they being monitored? Are they being cared yeah. for properly? And people are they being fed? That are in they being parks, in, oh, yeah. in, you know, other camping situations and in backyard parties? People could ask that same thing. But it's, you know, it's when it's an ongoing situation, though, it's one thing to have like a backyard barbecue for the majority of a Sunday, you know, and maybe your kids aren't being supervised exactly during that part. It's another thing to be in the woods for a week or more. And when you're having a backyard barbecue, the chances of somebody like coming and abducting your child are a little bit slimmer than in a thousands of yeah. people gathering where you're just letting your kids run just, around yeah. and trusting that everybody's like decent, you Have, know, having a little experience with, I don't know if it's the same mentality, but kind of a similar mentality. And a lot of the people that I hung out had kids. There is this idea of like the community raises the child mm-hmm. But the problem with that is that you can assume that the community is watching the child and nobody, like everybody yeah. assumes somebody else is watching the child and nobody is watching the well, child. And, also, and 90% of the time, the child is being watched by somebody or more than one person, but it's at 10% of the time. That's all it takes for but something also, to happen. also in instances like that, like the mentality that you and your friends had, like you knew each other. No one was really strangers. But I bet there's a and lot of people that have a community of people that they but when know you're at that in big that. of a community. Like, I mean, and I think there's a difference between like, hey, I'm here with people I trust and people I love who I know don't want anything to happen to my kids. And we're all watching my kids. So maybe my kid doesn't have to be right next to me holding my hand because we're all paying attention. And assuming that these this whole community where you don't know like even a tenth of the people, even a twentieth of the people are going to watch your kid for you. That's totally different. It's the same idea as like even when we went to backyard barbecues and maybe I'm neurotic and you can all write in and tell me if you think I'm crazy. But 
I always, if I wasn't going to be paying attention to my kid, I'd be looking at my mom or my sister to be like, Hey, are you going to keep an eye? Can you keep an eye on my kid for me? You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like there's no way in anything that I would have ever let her just be like, Oh yeah, everybody at Renfest is nice. Here you go. Have fun, kid. You'll come <laughs> back to me. Like we have no reason to know that they didn't do that. You know, that they weren't also equally like, hey, you know, I always have eyes on my kid, or hey, are you the one keeping an eye on my kid? They may have been. We can speculate. It's very easy have- to think somebody that you talked to somebody or that, that it was communicated that somebody's gonna be watching your kid when you didn't. You know well, what right, I mean? But that's like the that same kind thing of thing that can happen yeah. to exactly. That's what I'm But that's yeah. why yeah. as a parent Unless you're in an environment where you know the risk is minimal, you just keep an eye on your own fucking kid. And I'm saying that there's no reason that we would suspect that that wasn't the case yeah. for the majority That's of people. True. This we is have a no wild information. Speculation. And I, I will say, I've been I've been trying to say that they had a, one of their circles, one of their camp areas, and one of their kitchens was Kids Village or is Kids Village, and so they have a particular area that is designed to be a place where children can come and they can have a bunch of people keeping an eye on all the children. And I don't know what happens in Kids Village, but it is meant to be you know, a place that is for them, not that children are just kind of brushed aside, go do what you want while we all do drugs. And it's like they have a daycare. Yeah. Or, or a space where families can go and everyone is there. And that's where your camp is. You camp nearby there because you have children. You want them to connect with other children. I would still argue like knowing that I feel a little bit better about it, but I would still argue that bringing your children near an environment when you know there are going to be such heavy drugs being used and you don't have control over the other people who are using those drugs. You don't know how they are going to react to it. I personally think that you should try and keep your child out of that situation in general. I agree. I don't think even if it's at a campsite where, it's specifically geared towards children and you might be staying in that campsite or near that campsite. You might not personally be doing those hard drugs, but you still know damn well that there are a decent amount of people in that same area that are going to be using those hard drugs. And I think that I would, if I wanted to play devil's advocate, because I agree with you, but I think what I would say is they try and make all the degenerates and all the hard drug users go to a camp. They try and have, and they they will use weed. Like everyone says we smoke weed. They'll do like acid and they'll do certain things, but they are not condoning hard drug use. They are not condoning meth. They are not condoning heroin. They're not. So like, it's just, if in your brain, you think that these are the safe, okay-ish drugs. And I'm not saying I, I, I don't dis, I don't agree. Like, I don't agree with this. But if you are saying like, oh, all the hard drug users go there, we don't allow alcohol, we don't want any of that around our children, we're going to the kitty camp and we're going to, you know, smoke some weed and dance in the meadows. But acid That's is okay. their idea. Psychedelics, yes, like mushrooms, potentially I'm LSD. Sorry, like, but like that, that is, that could have just as a crazy effect on a person as alcohol does. The fact that they're like, alcohol is bad, but... Hey, everybody. But again, I'm Let's not drop like, some this acid. is all speculation. Like, I'm just saying, like, I mean, I don't know where their line is. Like, maybe they're like, yes, this is OK. Maybe. But I'm just saying they don't condone hard drugs. They don't yeah. condone alcohol use. They condone psychedelics and weed and like that sort of thing. And everyone might have a different opinion on whether or not that's OK. Well, it depends on your school of thought. There's a yes. lot of people that think that psychedelics like LSD and shrooms are not as harmful as alcohol. I've actually yes. read a few different articles on why, and I'm on the fence about it. You know, I think they're both equally bad. Like they serve their 
their purpose, but there's also a negative side they to them. They can have negative impacts. Just like with yeah. weed and any other drug. But where I want to rein us back in is that I have zero evidence to support that any person in a rainbow family gathering has ever done LSD right in front of their yeah, child. That's true. Like, I guess that's what I'm saying. Like, We're if making you try, assumptions. And so, like, I'm not saying I agree, agree or I'm not saying I disagree with the idea that they shouldn't allow their children there. However, I'm just reining us back in that aside from this one obviously awful case where I have no specifics, know nothing about the parents, know nothing about the child. There's no evidence to say that children aren't perfectly safe at these gatherings. If you have any and you've been to a rainbow gathering and you've seen children not be safe, then write us and tell or us. Or if about you think it. that if children are perfectly safe there. If yeah. you've been to a rainbow gathering and we offended you, we're sorry. I'm not sorry. A but I would like maybe, to kinda. move on because <laughs> there was this crazy asshole who molested children and that's never okay. But again, the rainbow family does not promote molestation. And they did what they could to. And they supported. Yeah. So, but as we said, their choices might impact children's welfare. And that's an important piece of why of this conversation in what is good and what is not good about this, these gatherings. So now we're going to move to the 2011 National Gathering in Washington State, where a lot of bad things happen. Where in Washington? Uh, in the state. <laughs> somewhere in the national forest it's in a national forest i do i can find out well so can you you could google yeah it, I'm but google i didn't it. because i i thought too many specifics people 2011 yeah i'm gonna ask james's family about this maybe they know about it maybe. uh however we have had multiple gatherings in colorado and i bet none of y'all have like knew that's about true it. That's well fair. part of the reason that i know about it is because there was a gathering that yeah. whether it actually happened here there was at least the talk that it was going to be here because that's why they were like oh we're gonna go because yeah. otherwise they could never afford to go anywhere else it, yeah. you know yeah, but there are probably other ones since then even that you didn't even know happened. Probably, yeah. So it impacts the local community for sure. And this year it's making a big, big headlines in Denver itself. It's because it's the 50-year anniversary, yeah. so you're going to expect a huge crowd. Yeah, the pe- person on Reddit says he's expecting 30,000 people, which is a which lot. Which is more, I saw like 10 to 20 is their typical. No, this is just some guy. So like, who knows? You know, <laughs> but, like, but some I mean, guy's I saw... like, we're going to get 30,000 this year, guys. But I saw that 10 to 20 is their typical... Maybe it's hard to get Amount. real. Yeah, they can't get accurate, but numbers. it was like ten to twenty for their annual. Yeah, I feel like that's what, what I've heard. But. but the national gathering in Washington State in 2011 was a bit messed up. Uh, I think like four people died. Uh, so Mary Marie, I mean Hansen, was 54 years old from California, and she went missing at the end of the gathering. Interestingly, <laughs> all three people. I think I said four, but I think it's three people. All three people who died were all from California, so they had a bad time. Californians had a bad time at this gathering. Uh, So Marie from California had a neighbor who had attended the gatherings before, um, and... But she and so they had talked about it and she wanted to go. And so she and her neighbor were going and both of their partners were staying home, at least for the first part of it. Her husband uh, had a bad back and like wasn't wasn't able to go. So she was just going along with her neighbor and her neighbor's significant other was going to meet them there at some point in time. So anyway, she had recently had back surgery and had a lot of back pain and a lot of ongoing back issues. Uh, So by the time they made it out there, she was like not doing super great. She was in pain hiking up to the area, but she had a fun, fun couple of days towards the end of the trip. Apparently at that particular gathering, there was like a big nasty flu stomach bug that went around probably because you're 
shitting in a latrine, maybe. Um, And so she started to get that bug, and she was really in a lot of pain from her back. And so she was not doing well at the end. Her neighbor took care of her. He got help from the first aid station. um, But she was mostly just hanging out trying to recover. Her neighbor's uh, girlfriend showed up eventually, and they said that they saw her stumbling. He assumed saw her stumbling to the shitter in the middle of the night, and that was the last time they ever saw her. Other people reported that they saw her hanging out with a man named Owl and hitching a ride out of the gathering. You can see how there are obvious issues with the fact that no one uses actual names. Like everyone has their own like hippie nicknames and this can cause issues when people go missing. So Mm -hmm. no one really knows who Owl is. That's what a lot of transient people Mm -hmm. do. Like, you know. Yeah. And I mean, they they don't have ties to anything and you don't know their histories. So anyway, she had um, disappeared, leaving like all of her belongings, her wallet, pain medication that she was taking. She'd even traded to get a gift for her granddaughter while she was there. And she left all of that behind and um, was not seen again. So the reality of these gatherings is that people go missing all the damn time and they turn up eventually. So this particular area was 30 miles away from cell phone coverage and there were thousands of people there. So like obviously... I found out the specific area. It was in Gifford Pincott National right. Forest, which is right near Mount Mount Rainier. Mount, yeah, Mount. That Meowth. totally clears it up. Thanks, uh, it clears you're it up wondering. for me because my partner is from Washington. So, yeah, so if you're from Washington and you're wondering where it was, that was where it was. We don't have anyone from West Virginia, so no one cares about where that one was. Now, uh, so anyway, she. Um, so yeah, there were tons of people who lose track of each other in these gatherings in this particular year they had already dealt with over two dozen missing person cases like the authorities had by the time she was reported missing so they had already dealt with a lot of missing person cases so they just kind of thought she was one of those many people go to a gathering have such a great time they decide they're going to join the rainbow trail and they just move on to the next event some even choose to leave their belongings behind go by their other name and many end up reported missing one mom actually had a story of like tracking down her daughter by flying to the next rainbow gathering and pretending she was there coming in with like water and oranges and pretending she was there to join in and just hunting down her daughter and being like where have you Oh my god! Um, because they couldn't find her, and she I mean, they found her. That's what tell, I would do. I was gonna say, tell me you cannot picture Salem. <laughs> I could totally doing that. But then I would find you, and then I'd be like, "Let's hey, party! You guys want to hang out for a while? Hey. Oh, well, we're, we're here. I just wanted like, to know where you were. Six months yeah, later, they're like, home. "Mom, can we go home now? <laughs> like, just so another day." A lot of people kind of do that. Six months of you know, joining in, just sticking around, having a good old time. Uh, However, it didn't really make sense for Marie because she had a husband, she had children, she had grandchildren. She was really involved in her community. This was just kind of a whim. Like her neighbor had been said it'd be fun. She thought it'd be cool. She's 54 years old. She went out and did it. Um, But they did not suspect that she would have just like hitched onto the rainbow trail. Plus she was in a lot of pain without her pain meds. So for her to just leave that behind is a little ridiculous. So they did various searches throughout the summer, and eventually in October, her remains were discovered not too far where from where they had been camping, which I will just acknowledge, like some cleanup, guys, if you're cleaning yeah. up the area, then you would have didn't found find the body, body. Not too far. Not too far. Now, I don't know what too far is, but come on. You may not have done a good job. Is that what you're saying, Kelly? <laughs> yeah. Is that not what I said? 
You just never finished, oh, and I yeah. didn't like it. Okay. Yeah, that's what I meant. So there was some speculation that was aimed at her neighbor. Um, he was a little inconsistent in his story, but probably because he smoked a hell of a lot of weed while he was there. Uh, I guess he liked to be naked. Maybe they thought that was relevant somehow. It was in a news article. I didn't think it was really relevant. But <laughs> in the end, the cause of death is undetermined, but they think it's probably an accident that she got up, wandered away in the middle of the night to go use the bathroom, maybe fell. She wasn't far from the camp. She wasn't well, so they think it was probably an accident. Super disappointing, mm-hmm. but probably not too Wait. shady. Disapp- Why is it super disappointing? <laughs> <laughs> super disappointing. <laughs> I think I, I think I think I meant just like super disappointing that she died, but oh, not okay. not foul play. Like you okay. know, like super like, disappointing. Oh no, murder! Damn it! I'm, I'm no. so upset, guys. I'm pretty sure that's not what I meant. I don't just, know what I'm just saying. So, I'm sorry. It's just I heard it, and yeah. So two other people died that year as well. A 28 year old named Amber Keller. Uh, how and the local newspaper actually reported that she had overdosed, but it sounds like she just had a pre existing heart condition. So again, that's just kind of the perceptions of these people that the local newspaper would jump to that. And then a 50 year old man who died of a heart attack. So you never know if drugs are related and things like that when you have heart attacks. 50 year old man. He's probably it was probably drug related. But he's, he, uh, I mean, maybe it's a heart attack, heart attack induced by insane amounts of drugs. Yeah. Like, you know, I, mean, I don't know. Maybe they would have said, but if he's fifty at the Rainbow Family gathering, chances are he's has at least thirty odd years of drug use, probably. Well, yeah. I mean, and it's like, didn't that what guy? What did that do to his heart? What's his name? That guy Taylor. Um, Hanson or whoever was the guitarist for the Foo Fighters that oh, just yeah. recently oh. died. Wasn't Taylor Hanson in Hanson? Maybe. I, don't, I know. don't know. Taylor, whatever his name was, and that's really horribly disrespectful, and I'm <laughs> sorry. Watch his name be Tyler. Um, anyway. <laughs> anyway, but he, I think, officially died of a heart attack. But then they but found tons of drugs in his system. system, so it was a drug-induced heart attack. Right. And, yeah. so, and I mean, the Rainbow family are quick to say, like, natural causes, and locals are quick to say other things. Of course. So, you know, and I mean, frankly, a lot but of information isn't really much. found. How many people were at this gathering? Right. Like if it's thousands and thousands Four of people, people, accidental deaths, a fucking heart attack. I mean, that's not it doesn't seem like it's that out of the realm of just number of people who are dying on a, on a daily basis when you have these numbers, which is actually like one of the, the big points of, of the whole thing is that, you know, it's hard to know. Bad things are going to happen anywhere. And so it's hard to say that this is any worse than anywhere else. Especially in a national forest. Like the amount of deaths and murders and just disappearances and accidents that happen in national forests just on a daily basis. Yeah, that could be a whole podcast right right. there. Right. So Taylor Hawkins. Hawkins. Taylor Hawkins. I knew I had the H. But even though we've come to that conclusion, I still have more stories of things that have happened that we're going to blame on the Rainbow family. <laughs> no, I'll still blame um, them for a lot of things. <laughs> there was great. also uh, another that same year at a regional gathering, a man drowned in a pond. Um, I had a report. Fuck that pond. I had a report that from just that like people at the people people at the gathering just reported one year that someone else had drowned, almost like it was no big. Um, apparently they have a lot of childbirth that happens at the gathering and that's like a uh, thing that they are excited no. about. Like we had two new lives. So the 2011 year where people died, they were like two new lives welcome in and sadly three people died. And apparently that's Ugh. just a thing. I totally, that is the vibe that 
I relate the most with all these hippie motherfuckers, even though I had drugs for both of my children's birth. It wasn't a lot of drugs. I didn't do an epidural. I tried to do it naturally, but I'm a pussy. But I wanted a midwife and I wanted to birth my child in a field. Like I like so appreciate that like whole bringing life into the world and how it should be like a ritual and a celebration and it should involve nature and it should involve the community. But if something goes wrong, yeah. whose that's resources why, are That's why they were born in a hospital and that's yeah. why like, since I was in a hospital, I was like, yeah, sure, give me some drugs. Like, how are you my sister? Because I had one kid and I said, what is the maximum amount of drugs you can give me so I don't know what's happening? No, I tried to do natural with Belle, but I didn't. And I finally I caved in. And so then I was like, oh, I know what it's like. So I can absolutely do natural with <laughs> Hannah. And then I caved in. <laughs> See, and my I, head was three times oh the size. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> I am so glad I had you an epidural. Were, you were this close to being a C-section, I think. So the next one's fun because it's about Hitler. Oh, I read about <laughs> this. Read about yes. Hitler? <laughs> so in the 2014 annual gathering in Utah, a woman, and they just say in the articles, like, a woman who people called Hitler. No. Okay. Okay. Uh, a woman who people called Hitler stabbed someone because she, her name is Leilani Novak Garcia. She was honking her horn repeatedly at 1.30 a.m. You know, okay. something that bothers other people. Yeah. So a guy asked her to stop and tried to remove the fuses from underneath the hood of her car. That's around when you can speculate that forest rangers who were there kind of monitoring for law enforcement and all that heard someone scream, I will, expletive deleted, kill you. <laughs> That's what it said in the article. I will fucking kill you. And then Hitler stabbed the guy in the head and the shoulder. In the head? Yeah. And also apparently like hit him with a tire iron. I don't really know how Holy she Holy shit. So she said she pled no contest. Eventually she was arrested on site and she went easily. Like I think the forest rangers like called local law enforcement. They came out. She was arrested, went with them. She pled no contest. She said that the guy she stabbed had punched through her window. So I don't, it sounds like the guy did not say that. And she was just well, acting on impulse to defend herself. Could the guy say that because he was stabbed in the head? Did he live? He did live. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, he did live. And I guess another guy was maybe stabbed, but then they couldn't find him. So she ended up um, going to prison. She pled no contest. So she went to prison for a few years for that. And I guess like I, she used a lot of drugs and stuff and said that she's trying to get better. Yeah, I was going to say, I think and- that drugs were probably involved in the entire altercation coming from the woman honking the horn incessantly that's not and like 1 30 in the morning yeah, a sober yeah. person and then the guy who got so irate that it <laughs> escalated to a knife fight yeah i mean i guess he was just trying to he said he was trying to get under her car to remove fuses or in her car or something and maybe he was fuses. just tired and angry but like, yeah but like you're going after you and in in or around the car and threatening damage like the whole thing just seems yeah. really silly Same year, law enforcement had to respond to an overdose. They had to fly a man by medical helicopter to a local hospital. So more examples of money being spent on local resources because of this. Yes. Same year, a bunch of rainbows crashed a wedding and just started like eating food and taking food. So that's I heard that's about horrible. that too. Yeah, yeah. And they didn't even pretend, like, try to blend in no. or anything. They just came right in and yeah, and just started taking food. 
And same year, two more people died. Um, and these, like, I just found this morning, even, like, I bet if you dug into every single gathering, you might find a couple people who died. Still, to our point, like, it's a lot of people there. Natural things happen. These I mean, if we look at any, causes. I would like to look at, so, like, my boss was really excited that he got tickets to the fish convention. They have, like, a four-day concert that they do on it's at dick stadium now but they've done it in other places and i would be curious well we talked about this in our very first 0.5 episode there's like always a dead body there's always find. deaths at the fish concerts and at yeah, like grateful dead concerts we, and i would at, like, also wonder though the like festivals and stuff and maybe that's true but i would also wonder like how many deaths happen at like i don't know colorado symphony on the rocks like you know like <laughs> is it because of you know, the drug use or the types of people well, there I'm or the sure. types of behaviors that they're getting involved in and what statistically would we see across other events and other And things. I use I the know. fish example because they have a four-day event. And granted, I don't know if people are actually camping out overnight, but I bet you there are. I bet you there is overnight camping. And it's kind of... And so because it's that long, extended period of time, there's more opportunity for people to do enough drugs they have an overdose or have a heart attack or have an accident or... Something. Something. Well, I think the best one to compare it to would be Burning Man. How many people die at Burning well, Man? Well, yeah, that. There or are Coachella, some... right? Co- yeah, I don't Coachella, know because it's like the same. Really, it's a but, music festival. But isn't it, but is it, it days long? And there's days camping. long. There's camping. There is a lot of drug use. There's a lot of alcohol use. But I think it's like less so the hippy dippy people, mm. uh, <laughs> and more so like the EDM crowd. But okay. there could be some like. But I mean, still alcohol, drug use. You know, alcohol like use. alcohol can cause issues. So I think I there were some comparisons between Burning Man. And, and Rainbow Family. I didn't want to dig into that for this particular story, but I think that would be interesting. Like, you know, we're p- calling out the things that are happening, but like, how many of these things would happen at similar festivals? But then also, what are the common threads that might be contributing to some of these things yeah. that may not be existing at other places where they don't may not happen as much? Let's don't forget though that all these other festivals that we've talked about have permits yeah. That's what and I was work say. with law enforcement to, cr- to hopefully create a safe environment. And then the rainbow gathering is just like, fuck your rules. We do what we want. And also yeah. anytime that there is something that goes wrong at these other festivals and stuff, they have accountability mm-hmm. and like culpability because they have permits. People know who the leaders are, who they can charge with certain things if something was done incorrectly. But they also charge money to go there, whereas the Rainbow Gathering is only you bring what you can, yeah. basically. Yeah, there. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you can see where it can get kind of complicated, but it does seem like the no rules approach is going to be a little bit less. Ideal. And all those others probably don't allow children either. Uh, I know Burning Man doesn't. <laughs> yeah, probably not. Probably not. A uh, few other recent like murder things happening, um, which is 2015. There was a regional gathering in Florida uh, where apparently people were like driving down the paths, and uh, one guy was like opening fire from his vehicle. Oh shit! Um, that's well. That's what one person said, and then another person said there was a fight at the gate, and a phone was thrown into a fire, and then the guy freaked out and started firing wildly. Regardless, one of those, and then he was taken down and knived. Uh, one of whatever happened, um, someone was uh, killed. So Smiley was killed when he threw himself over a man named Dice, who had been shot and was then paralyzed. So Smiley threw himself over Dice to prevent him from being shot more, and uh, he died. 
And then the the shooter ended up being stabbed. So it's kind of unclear exactly what happened, but everyone thinks alcohol definitely played a role. He was like either from his vehicle or he was driving around and then maybe he got out and maybe there was a fight and he was shooting. Maybe he had already been there. Maybe he was coming to be an asshole and he was a local. But regardless, a person died and a person was paralyzed. In 2018, the National Gathering in Florida, Amber Robinson was killed by someone she had met at the gathering. So she met Joseph Capstraw at the gathering. They left together and were hitchhiking together, ended up having an altercation. He blacked out, and when he came to, he saw that she was badly beaten and she was dead. So maybe there were drugs involved in that. So he was immediately arrested. And then finally, in 2021, in Florida, at the regional gathering, uh, this was another case of people driving in on the roads when I guess they weren't supposed to and, like, messing around on the roads. One vehicle was driving super fast, ended up reversing driving super fast, and was shooting from the window, shot and hit Larry Dwayne Duggar, who was killed. So those things happened in more recent years. Maybe the news articles that came out and are saved and easily searchable online indicate that... um, that, or is why we can see those that information and maybe there were things like that in earlier years or maybe there's truth to this idea that like the uh like the vagrants are attaching themselves to the rainbow gathering that it's going downhill that the young kids are more into alcohol more into hard drugs and it's taking it in a negative direction maybe back in the day there weren't as many murders or yeah. deaths or things that were happening but regardless there's a lot of kind of messed up things associated with the rainbow family there's a lot of beautiful things associated with the rainbow family but you have to be aware of your impact on people around you and you probably should stop having 30,000 people gather in our woods. And appropriating other people's spiritual and cultural beliefs. Yes. (laughs) The end. Yay. That was a good story, Kelly. That was really good. You did a lot of good research on that. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. So do you want to go then? To a rainbow (laughs) gathering? Yeah, we should go. It's going to be here. I want to do an update. We should go as journalists. I don't want to go even a little bit. I want to do an update if anything happens when they come. I will kind of watch the Reddit thread. Um, I don't want to go. I would maybe go to like a counter protest or something. (laughs) Like I don't I don't want to do anything that indicates any support of them of that many people gathering in the woods. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I gather in the woods all the time with small groups of people and I pay for my campsites or I am permitted or I'm allowed to be there or I follow all the rules. And I just think that they should do the same. And I Mm -hmm. think they should probably not choose Colorado, given our wildfire issues. Go to the south. Go. But then, I mean, there's issues in the south because then you have local people who are very against their ideals um, in in different parts of America. And so then you're setting up environments where you're potentially going to have clashes with locals. Go to the desert, um, man. Yeah. Go burning to, man go does to Burning it right. Man. Just go, just go to Burning <laughs> yeah, Man. Yeah. Just fuck the rainbow just family gatherings. Just assimilate with Burning Man. <laughs> yeah. Interesting stuff. So anybody else have any comments? Are we ready to move on to things that don't suck? Things that don't suck. All right, well, who wants to go first? Things that don't suck. For me, things that don't suck are uh, it's Easter, and maybe it's been fun hanging out with family and stuff. 
and Kelly made really good deviled eggs, and they were all different colored and stuff. And that was so, gonna be my thing that didn't suck was the <laughs> eggs. And what really doesn't suck is that I stole Hannah's thing that doesn't suck. <laughs> there you go. So Jess had two. Sure. You had two things that didn't suck. Okay. Jess's thing was ruining Hannah's thing, and Hannah's <laughs> thing was the eggs. Okay. That's what I enjoy most. All right, then. Well, I guess, Hannah, you don't need to go. Yeah. Colored eggs. Kelly did make some really cute colored eggs. They were tasty. And they were yummy. And, and your eggs. Just the eggs in general. The only that was going like well, to be my thing. That <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> was that I boiled some eggs with hibiscus flowers, and they turned a really cool marbly black color, and I just really enjoyed that. It was fun. That was really fun. No, and I'm looking forward to going and eating one. Uh, I don't really, my thing that doesn't suck was not going to be egg related. I kind of feel like it should be now. <laughs> it has to be. Um, my eggs went flying in, in their container all over my car and got ruined this morning. Oh, that kind of sucked. They, they still, still tasted, tasted beautiful. Mm-hmm, I mean, yeah. and they looked really cute, even right. though they were a little smushed. I was going to have a completely non-egg related thing that doesn't suck that was going to be that the Colorado Avalanche are the best team in the league. They're like crazy good Ooh. right now. And it's super fun to watch them. One of the commentators on a podcast we listened to said that it's like the Harlem Globetrotters. Like it just looks like they're just out. They're just so much better than everyone else that it just looks like they're just out there just like messing around and like spinning and like and like the other team is just like chasing them. And they played some not great teams recently. The playoffs won't be like super easy. I'm sure there'll be challenge. Who knows what'll happen, but it's just fun to watch. That's all. So do you think that during the next Avs broadcast, if we petitioned hard enough, they'd play the Harlem Globetrotters theme while That's the what Avs I was are just playing. saying. They're like the Harlem Globetrotters. Probably not, but we could play. That's the Harlem Globetrotters theme? I think so. Something like that. Fraggle Rock theme It's something song. similar to the Fraggle Rock theme. Okay, guys, they were the same time frame for me and my childhood. Yeah, And I'm glad you were all here to listen to that. So, so go and support the Harlem Globetrotters. No, and the Avalanche. Not, actually, support the, and avalanche. the avalanche. And not the Rainbow Family. No. Unless or us. Don't, don't support us. <laughs> That's Or mm. you could support us if you would like to. Yes, you could support us. And if you would like to support us, please reach out to us at ffsthepodcast at gmail.com. Or you can reach us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all the places. Just Google Effed Up Family Storytime, E-F-F-E-D. Yeah, you'll you'll find find us. us. Valorate us. Let us know you're out there. Email us. We'll read your stories online. We're just we're just begging. We're just begging for some I, communication. For real, little shemmies, send us something. Little shemmies. Or sh- what were we going to call them? Shemlings. 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 Little shemlings. All just right. do what we say and follow us, even if we go off the cliff. My little shemlings.